Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to the 8th Behind the Scenes episode of Focus Fire Chat, recorded on August 18th, 2020. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is Green Eyed Music Lover, second take on point. <laughs> we'll put that as, put that after the... Something for people to listen to afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. As before, uh, as or as we have said before on these, we like to use these behind-the-scenes series as a way to step out of the world of game lore and kind of talk about other aspects of the community we're so proud to be a part of. Um, it also allows us to ch- a chance to just like sit down and really explore a topic that, like I said, isn't isn't fictional it's it's actually something that's going on in reality um this chat we're going to be discussing the commonly overlooked components that go into podcasting as with uh, normal episodes i think we will be breaking this into two segments or sessions as we like to refer them or refer to them uh with the intro session our plan is to talk about some of the overarching aspects that should be considered before starting a podcast as well as some of the more basic like hardware software stuff to record and to produce the podcast Um, whereas in the advanced session our plan is to take a closer look at some of the challenges that we personally have faced with our own podcasting journey as well as answering some of the really actually amazing questions that has been sent in by members of our community both within the discord chat as well as twitter um Before we get started, I do want to reiterate that there is no singular path in pursuing a creative outlook or outlet. Uh, However, if you are interested in in jumping into the podcasting world or if you just have some questions about what all happens behind the scenes, we are always more than happy to help wherever we can. Our group email Mm -hmm. is focusfirechat at gmail.com or you can send us a message via the contact page over on www.thelordnetwork.com. Um, with that, let's just kind of jump right into it. So green, do you have a place that you would say is the best part? Like, how do you, how do you think we should start? Honestly, I kind of want to start with the little story about what came up recently for me personally. So we had, we had thought of doing this episode before this event happened, but I got a phone call from my brother who is a farmer in Kansas, who apparently is a celebrity farmer, which is something that is new to me. <laughs> which is um, a thing. But he's one. It's a thing. Uh, he's on TV at some point. Oh, Don't know when that's ha- coming out. It's it's for real. He's on some reality show. But um, he wants to 
take his his prowess essentially and he's made a lot of friends in this competition because apparently there's farming competitions nation nationwide mm. really cool by the way he's won the last five years in his division which is like all right who knew but he wants to develop a podcast to help share tips and tricks from not only him but a bunch of these other people within the farming community and he was asking me because of doing focus fire chat how would he do that and so i had to basically toss out a couple of different questions to him the first one being what's the purpose of your show i mean that's the first thing you have to ask yourself whenever you're developing a podcast is your show meant to be pure entertainment is it meant to be informative is it meant to be a interview style is it meant to be more uh, like a news recap or a newsreel where you have segments like that? We think about some of the common podcasts in Destiny, since that is our primary uh, audience group. You had Guardian Radio for years uh-huh. that were primarily a news-based one. Then you have shows like uh, DCP, Destiny Community Podcast, where it's more interview-based. They still talk about news, but it's heavily leaned on dealing with a community member. Um, do you have any shows on the top of your head that you would say are just pure entertainment value? Um, like, I mean, for me, entertainment value is like, I listen to a lot of the podcast networks. There's, they're not destiny related. It's going to be like, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there'll be like, um, scholarly dives into mythology. Uh, so you have like lore, you have, uh, noble blood, um mm-hmm. hardcore history is a good one but it's that's like a really big that's a really deep dive into a particular like sure. historical historical point um you have like mythology you have um wasn't there a podcast something about night vale oh yeah so yeah there's well there's um welcome to night vale I'm not a huge mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Welcome to Night Vale I know a lot of people really really appreciate it it's um Welcome to Night Vale is like a, uh, they take the form of a late night DJ. Uh, so it's like listening to a radio. Um, but there's also like the black tapes, there's rabbits, there's Tannis. The, those are all from Pacific Northwest, I believe is the network that does mm-hmm. those. Those are all amazing. And, um, those are all, excuse me, those are all done in like a, um, immersive so like you basically are yeah. taking on um the the role More of the world style. Well, yeah, it's like you're in you're in the the shoes of the person experiencing it. So it's a fictional setting, but like with like mm-hmm. rabbits, it's it's rabbits is uh it's the she's an investigative journalist, so she's basically like you're listening to her audio notes as she's going through all this stuff with this particular conspiracy theory and it's really kind of cool because it ties into real events as as they were happening at the time of the recording um so like that's kind of a it's it's almost like an augmented reality type podcast it was it was pretty cool they had a website up it was kind of like hunt the truth they had a website up okay and as they released episodes they would release files on the website that then you could you know like they would be talking about and then you go to the website and you can actually interact with the stuff that they were talking about it was really really cool and really well done actually that would that would definitely be considered i would say an entertainment podcast yes yeah rabbits an- rabbits black tapes and tannis were 
a hundred percent entertainment. Um, Hunt the Truth is mm-hmm. also up there. I mean, as far as like non-entertainment, I would say like I listen to Financial Times. They have a, a morning, early morning, like just business. It's kind of like a quick fire. Like I think they're they're usually like five to ten minutes of just like major headlines in the business financial world. Um, mm-hmm. BBC does a two to three two to three episodes every day they do a like a uh, 30 minute podcast of just like again big big headlines um yeah and then i know that npr does one as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. up first is the npr version of that yeah so i mean there's there's long formats and short formats of podcasts as well which is kind of what you're referencing there right like you right. have the blurb podcasts yeah. like up up first and these bbc ones where just it's the major headlines but there's also i know dan finity was doing a podcast for a while that was uh destiny daily digest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was a fun thing to say over and over but it was literally essentially the destiny version of some of these short forms mm-hmm. where it was just major headlines for the day if he saw something that dmg posted or an announcement somewhere he would throw it in there and it was just that it was just a hey this is what's going on in the world and then you get into longer formats whether they're entertainment based or informative based those are all they all have a place there and a place for different types of audience and that's another thing to consider like who's your audience who are you talking to primarily it's like going back to like basic speech writing whenever you're back in high school and you're deciding, okay, who am I talking to? Am I talking to a bunch of gamers? Can I use gaming lingo? Am I trying to broaden the spectrum and incorporate a bunch of people outside of that? Well, how does that change what you're doing in your show? It it all has a part, but not to overwhelm so much with the purpose of the show, you kind of from there, once you kind of get an idea of, hey, this is where I want to go with it, then you can start to flesh out segments and how you're going to do that. And I think that's one of the more recent lessons that we've learned in some ways on FFC. Well, and I think that goes into also don't be afraid to change it up. Like, oh, yeah, like that's that's the thing with that I personally struggle with with and we'll probably get into that a little bit in the advanced session like sometimes you get so stuck in like what's familiar and what's comfortable that you know you you don't see the part where you need to break it up and or like you try to break it up too much and you you actually create too much noise and and so there's this Mm -hmm. fine line and the thing is is that line as your audience shifts and grows or you know, it shifts that that line's going to change as well. Like, you know, if your audience is younger, it's they're not going to really they might not really care. They might want a more conversational, heavy podcast or they might. I mean, it depends on, again, the, 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 the not just demographic, but like the the breakout of your your audience. But that's where, mm-hmm. you know, getting feedback is such a big thing is like, you know, if you introduce a new thing, because I mean, we, we've tried with Focus Fire, I think. God, I can't even count the number of different show formats we have gone through. <laughs> now, granted, we've also done it for like once. what six years. Like, I mean, yeah. So we've, but I mean, yeah. It was we tried. We started off. We tried doing the the read and analyze at the same time, and then it was like, okay, that it got too unwieldy, especially as the entries for Destiny especially got longer, and we started getting like 
thankfully we weren't still in that format when books landed but like oh god i mean like and it was just because we always like we love talking about what like not just we we don't just like the the lore but we also like talking about the connections that that comes into right that's just i think that's one of our niche pieces um and so like i remember when we finally pulled the trigger and just said okay we're not going to read the actual content we're just going to reference it i mean even even today we still will go back and read a couple but like i mean it used to be every entry that we would reference we would read in its totality and it was that's when we were hitting like you know hour and a half two hour long episodes which is it i mean it was just painful to edit first off <laughs> because that's right. that's the one thing and we'll it's talk just about difficult to consume right like once you get to past 45 minutes yeah. to an hour it's difficult to you, not only maintain a certain yeah, level of what out. you're putting in there but also because the concepts that we cover in ffc are so broad mm-hmm. like we're covering entire books we're covering entire worlds right now within our in our show so i think if anything if we were to go back and do ref like read through everything we would have to limit heavily Mm, mm -hmm. either on how much we're commenting on it or how much we're actually doing yeah i think that was where we started doing like the audio supplements even where it's like Mm -hmm. with stuff like for us that we're like you know this is something that totally is worth reading we actually put out a separate episode entirely that was just us reading it and i think that was actually really well received the couple times that we did that um, I think that mm-hmm. went over really well because then you you have the choice, like you know you you're you give the you get you're giving the choice to the audience, like you're like here you can go read it or we'll read it for you. I mean you know some people I mean well you know that with the the audio file stuff yeah. you know some people prefer people I I personally can't stand it when people read stuff to me, but that's my personal thing. I that's why I can't do audiobooks. But like I know there are people I love them right. I mean and that and that's the thing is like I'm like I. I recognize that. So it's definitely, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that is, if that is something that you're interested in doing for a podcast, I mean, there's definitely a market for it that you probably Mm want to look at legalities when you start doing that type of stuff, like in full. Um, That's the nice thing about destiny is Bungie's really, really nice to content creators when it comes to that stuff. Yes. There are many, many things that I would love to read as an yeah. audiobook, but I could not do it legally, not without getting into some major, major trouble. And that's another thing to take into consideration. Is anything that you're going to say possibly going to come up legally? With us, with Destiny and Bungie, Bungie's so open about, yeah, go for it. As long as you are taking your own spin on, mm-hmm. and it was at 60%. Yeah, I, I think that was. I think that's the. I think it's like sixty. See, yeah, because I think that was. That's the differentiation, and I think that's the. Well, that's one of the things with all the art, art, dust up that's going on right now over with mm-hmm. uh, Etsy and all that. That's kind of where that argument is kind of coming back. So. Yeah, but from there, once you okay, so we've gone through and talked about not being afraid to change things up. I think the biggest tip when it comes to doing a podcast and figuring out your format is just do a few podcasts and feel like you can change it as you're going along. Mm -hmm. Because like Blue was saying, you're going to find things that work for your team 
or yourself if you're doing a solo cast. Those are popular as well. You're going to find things that work for you that may not work a month from now. Mm-hmm. Or it may not have been as easily or well-received consumption-wise by the audience. So there's plenty of things to change up. Changing up sizes of segment, changing up um, how you guys will develop those segments, whether or not is a short blurb and it's always going to be this person who does it, or a long, drawn-out um, diatribe of whatever and it's con- more conversational there's lots of different ways to do it. Just once you start, feel free to change it because mm-hmm. you're going to grow that way. Yeah, I would say the big golden rule that I've seen in a lot of the podcasting groups like that I've kind of lurked in is consistency. Like you want to when you jump into the water, it's going to be, you know, you're going to it's it's not shallow because uh, you can get you can get overwhelmed pretty quickly but you also want to kind of ease yourself into it but don't don't jump head first in like you want to be able to hold and we'll talk about this in the advanced session for sure about burnout and stuff like that but what i would say is like find out a a release schedule so that matches your Mm -hmm. tone like if you're going to do a conversational one that's really easy to do once or twice a week but you also want to give yourself breathing space. And so like with like, for example, with what we did with audio file is like we built up a, a buffer, if you will, before we even started releasing that green kind of, I think, what is it like three months? Did you get, or I got close. Yeah. I have three months worth of content. I don't have all three months scheduled yeah. preloaded, yeah. but I mean, but that's what I'm saying is like, so, and that's what, that's what finally, finally with the 2020, we got to the point with FFC where we're, we're ahead. I have a buffer of like a week or two now from the time that we record to the time that I have to have it released. And so mm-hmm. that just gives me, whereas it used to be 24 hours. <laughs> That was kind of stressful. Um, I think the other aspect when it comes to consistency, I think the more important thing that you were hinting at is that once you set up a release schedule, that is realistic for you to stick with it. Stick with it. Even if you change the content of the show, stick with your release schedule because habit is your best friend when it comes to consuming. Like all things else aside, if you know that on Mondays at 8 a.m., are you know you're you're you turn on your feed and you will have the most recent focus fire chat episode hitting your feed at 8 a.m on mondays and fridays now that content might have been recorded two weeks two weeks ago but you are going to always have a new episode every monday and friday for us you know that that schedule has really always been the case we used to do monday wednesday friday when we used to do the top three but it was always i would always have an episode out monday and i would like if we had an extra one i would have it out on friday monday has always been the day of our release so you know Mm -hmm. going forward with our schedule again our content like the inside content has changed drastically but our schedule has always been the same and i know people have commented on that because you know that is that that's what has come to be their their expectations is you know even i do the same thing with my my podcast that i listen to it's like monday and tuesday are my hep my podcast days because that's when mm-hmm. everyone releases their episodes <laughs> and you know it's just well, the, that's just what it is the other type the other type of thing that happens is i listen to a few news podcasts that are just basically uh audio ripped from the news show mm-hmm. of the night and sometimes 
the schedule is a little off <laughs> and it comes out an hour or two later than normal that and throws me off how frustrating that is that throws me off refresh refresh BB, refresh yeah, bbc will do that every now and then with their daily ones mm-hmm. and i'm like where's the news like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yep. Yeah, I mean, like, that's so what I mean is when you, yeah, consistency is, is, is the release piece, the release piece is the consistent. Yeah, I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you want your content, I mean, even if your content's not what we call evergreen, which is basically if I go back to episode one, it's always going to be good. Um, you don't have to have evergreen material, but your, your release should be consistent. Uh, I think that's, for me, that has been the biggest thing that I have pushed with myself at least yeah um let me think what what would be a good segue or a good direction to go into from here well i mean you're talking consistency talking tones and format you know guests guests are Mm -hmm. a big thing and yeah i will speak that is why i have always sought people who are more social than me to help with the podcast and thankfully i have green because she's really good at this part i am horrible at this part um and that's like that's just i have always been bad at this component um but like getting people on as guests for podcasts it's a um it's a double or it's not a double-edged sword but it's it's a it's a double threat right like you are cross-pollinating not only your community but also their community but you're also building a relationship with another content creator who you know if you can if you actually might get the chance to become really good friends and actually collaborate even more so mm-hmm. with them. And sometimes a guest will come on or, you know, you'll go get sometimes what will often happen is, you know, we'll have a guest on and then one of us gets invited to come to, you know, their podcast or their stream or whatever. Cause you know, destiny is kind of a weird hodgepodge of community creation, but like we will show up over there and like, when we show up over there, I, I constantly am, I know I constantly send green ideas because like, I'm like, Oh, I like how they did this. Oh yeah. Or, you know, green will send like do that this way. Or, you know, I think what was the other thing? Um, like just like putting together a welcome package is what we, what we've done. And, you know, I think that kind of lays the format, you know, there's like, this is what, you know, you you want all that. We'll get to this in a second, but audacity. Um, we usually, you know, jump in the chat five to 10 minutes early, unless you're blue, then he's always late. Um, you know, the, like, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of, yeah. is a blanket. Like this is what, this is who we are. And this is what you can expect. Right. Kind of thing. And that, I think that's actually a really, it's a standard practice in performance settings where you have a guest performer, whether it's a singer or an actor, they come in and they know exactly what is expected of them where they need to be, what they need to have, if they need to have anything extra, they have all of that in front of them. So for us, it's it's really been nice to be able to send somebody a template because I used to have to answer the same questions 50 times for each guest, whether it was well, what do you, do you need, do I need to have something for recording? Do I need to have a special mic? Um, what time are we hopping into chat? Do I need to do something for show notes? There are still questions that'll come up and, or we'll have somebody volunteer to do something a little extra, like Penn's actually rather enjoys, I think, doing the Halo uh, mm. show notes himself yes where he does a huge breakdown for us and that's great like if that is your passion 
I'm more than happy to let you do it because in my feelings when it comes to a guest, they are, they're not just window coverings for the show to add just a, just a do, new splash of color. They're there to actually help enhance the experience for everybody because they're going to have different life experiences than Blue and I do. So they're going to interpret things differently than we do. So they're there to help build up our show as well. Another thing that I would say with guest is that recording with guest can become tricky. And I know that's going to lead us kind of into our next area where we kind of want to talk about setups a little bit. Mm-hmm. Blue. <laughs> so um, I was going to one one more thing on the guest thing is what we use is Google Drive. Um, I know some mm-hmm. people will use OneDrive. Some people like uh, Dropbox, you know, Dropbox. whatever, whatever your, whatever your file sharing situation is, this is kind of a good segue into setup too. Um, what I would do, what I, I love having notes. I've, you know, if you, if you're listening to this episode, you probably have listened to other focus fire episodes. Um, if you haven't, hello, I'm blue and I have to read my notes because if I go off, <laughs> if I go off on tangents, I, I will go off on tangents if I'm just like, if they're just like, here, talk about this. I'm like, no, I have to have bullet points to make sure that I stay honest to what I'm supposed to talk about because my brain, that's just how my brain works. Um, so what we do is we have, you know, I have all of our notes within Google Drive so that I can then share those notes with guests. But I also have like that template that that Green and I have been talking about. I found that that's actually a really good icebreaker um, because you can send that and that kind of also gives them a sense of like, okay, these, you know, this team knows what they're doing. It kind of gives you a, a, a professional edge, right? Um, and it also then presents the opportunity to be like, okay, well, you said you needed Audacity, but you know, if they're familiar with Audacity, well, what what megahertz do you need to record at? What's the project, or you know, what are you know? Sometimes you get better questions because you've already kind of answered some of the basic stuff, and it leads that mm-hmm. it leads that conversation into kind of the expectation is this, you know, for like Focus Fire, one of the things that we try to do really hard is keep it PG. You know, that's one of the things like if you've ever been in live stream, you know that the the actual show is not PG. Um, but when it comes to recording it, that's one of our big things. It's always been one of our big things is I want to be able to turn this on and have my child listen to it without without worry. Like I don't I don't you know, I think that's to me that has always been the golden standard that I've held for us. Um, and I have that. I in the, think there are a few episodes that we've let I've guess, always, depending I've, on the yeah, guest. Yeah, I've always flagged those as explicit too. Like I've always just because like it, there there is a threshold after which I'm like, yeah, I can't edit all this out. Like I, <laughs> I'm going to have more beepity Man beeps then. <laughs> have more beepity beeps then. I'm going to have words in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, usually at that point too, we kind of know going into it. Like you know, sometimes guests will, and, and I've had I've had guests who are really candid. They're like, I can't promise that I'll be that, and it's like you know, that's fine. If that's the case, I don't have a problem with that because we have the ability to flag it as explicit, and it's like just put a mm-hmm. just put a you know warning at the start. Hey, if you're under you know thirteen, heads up, you need a parent listening, or you should probably have a parent listening, whatever. Um, that that's harkening back to back when we did dads of destiny and, you know, we did a podcast for dads of destiny or I did a podcast for dads of destiny. That was when we put it out, it was a news update, but it was known that the guys that were going to be listening to it were listening to it in the car with their small kids. And so one of the big requests was, you know, keep it clean. Um, and that's just kind of that mentality has always been 
habitual ever since then for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of goes into like the layout. Uh, for I know a lot of people are asking like <clears throat> the recording component. Uh, so with like here's here's the dark secret about podcasts. You really don't need much to do a podcast. Like it, it really Not like at all. We're, I'll I'll talk about the hardware setup that I have, but I want to make clear that this is after what five years of podcasting. I have built up quite a bit of equipment that is dedicated to making it easier for me. Um, and even my setup, I talk to or I I will talk to or see other podcast group or you know producers who make my stuff look elementary like that's it's always going to be the case in life you're always going to have someone who's much more ahead of you and someone who's not like that's just the way it is um when i started with focus fire i was on a laptop with no dedicated mic and that was it like i was on a laptop Mm -hmm. that had like an i3 processor i think it was a really (laughs) really bad laptop but you know what i did the first two years of focus fire off that laptop and yeah i mean sound quality i mean we got i like quickly like a couple months into it i kind of splurged and i got my the mic the mic that i actually use right now is the mic that i got back then and that was an atr 2100 usb green and i were laughing because um i just looked on on this website they've discontinued my mic and i'm really kind of sad about it because this is an amazing mic i love this mic um it's like an 80 dollar mic that i got and it has seriously been one of the best things i've ever spent my that's like the i would spend this money on this mic in a heartbeat um Mm -hmm. that was one of the first things that i purchased uh when we started looking at actually doing this for like serious um was my mic uh i would say like mic pop filter and your your like shock mount would be the big thing for that um the computer that i have right now i built uh this particular computer it has an i7 and it's got about 16 gigabytes ram um it's not a streaming computer it's not a gaming computer it's a computer that i use for work and for podcasting uh so i don't need a beast of a machine i just need something to run um, as far as like we for like focus fire, especially, um, our particular format is that we live stream our episodes. Uh, so I have, a I have two, uh, cameras attached to my build, uh, one for the live stream, one for the Skype chat or the discord chat, whichever app, whichever app is deciding to work that week, um, for that feed. And then one for the live stream. Um, I have a couple other different, like, periphery devices that i've gotten one being the stream deck the elgato stream deck which is i just i love i've loved this thing i got it when it first came out and i've just i've loved it every update that they've come out with it has just made it more helpful uh it's not just for gaming or it's not just for streaming i can i do so much um actual programming stuff with it uh and another really really cool person to follow for like ideas on stream deck is uh young khan he actually has a lot mm-hmm. of his uh, art saves for his emote work. He has it all set up as sh- shortcuts on his stream deck. It's really kind of cool watching like people come up with ideas of how to make these things work better. Um, but that's it's like hardware. Like hardware. Like I said, hardware is really you need. I mean, really honestly, you don't need much. I mean, I know people who do podcasts off their phone. 
Uh, if you have, I think it's uh, Anchor, I think is the app that does a really good job of porting it over. I know Podbean has started looking at doing like live stream slash um, phone recording podcast. Um, if you're if you're comfortable with that, you know that's that's all up to you. As I like, I like doing it the way we do it because it allows me an opportunity to edit it, um, like mm-hmm. significantly edit it before like clean it up audio wise and and you know cut out bits and pieces. Um, and we'll get into that with like the the audacity component as far as like editing and you know track layering and stuff like that. Uh, but green, what about what hardware wise? I guess what do you what do you have? Because you you don't have as much um, hardware, I think, requirements because you're not actually streaming from your computer when we record. Correct. So when I started FFC, I also started on a laptop with a gaming headset for a while before I started upgrading as well. So word to the wise: just start recording. I mean, um, Justin records off his phone half the time, so. Yeah. Yeah, that is also true. Um, My microphones that I prefer to use, and this is a personal preference, I have tried um, a dynamic microphone similar to what Blue uses, but the setup for that is a little bit trickier because I had an XLR uh, hookup to it. So like a standard microphone hookup, which does not play well with PCs very well because you have to have a USB hookup unless you have a soundboard and I wasn't going to invest that much into it. There are workarounds. It's tricky, but I use personally, I do use a Blue Yeti. Um, My main Blue Yeti is at home currently. It's just the standard uh, classic big big honking blue yeti i have it suspended above me whenever i'm recording on ffc normally currently i am actually sitting in a kitchen of a house that i'm house sitting using a blue yeti nano so the quality that you're going to get with this one is fairly similar but honestly the biggest thing when i when it comes to microphones especially for podcasts for voice not for singing not for instrumental recording or anything like that but for voice the biggest thing is once you find a mic that you can get a decent sound out at first then it's figuring out all the settings on the computer and the microphone like the gain and everything on the microphone that's where it becomes trickier and learning how to use audacity to basically record things and listening to it you like you're gonna do a lot of trial and error it's taken me three years to finally figure out how to set up my mic correctly to oh, my gosh. pc i think i think the funniest thing with like the yeti is the the ever the never ending joke about the blue yeti being suspended backwards is the only thing that i, I think <laughs> yeah. and, i mean and it's not and it's like it's a joke but it's also not a joke I because it. it's like i and i mean you're not the only one i, I almost every person mm-hmm. that i know that has a yeti has done like has will admit to doing mm-hmm. it like it's just one of those things but it's just that's that's actually why i like the atr the one that i have is because it's like it's i don't i don't it's 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 a single it's, directional yeah that's it, all it it's just like you know it's the standard mic <laughs> like there's a there's right. a there's a bulb that you talk into and it works right so with like a blue yeti this is something blue and i were chatting about ahead of time is that it has multiple sensors within the side of it it's not a single sensor like a handheld mic tends to be this one has 
standard Blue Yeti, I believe, has three sensors and you have multiple settings. If you turn your microphone around and set your settings a specific way, you'll sound very echoey and muted because you're bouncing the sound off of your computer screen or wherever you're recording in front of back into the microphone and that's where it's actually picking it up. So learning, honestly, when it comes to learning your microphone, tutorials are great, but getting into a recording program and starting to just talk into the microphone and then start playing with it Uh and figuring out, okay, this this setup sounds great this way. If I want a cleaner, more timbre, like higher timbres or higher tones kind of coming through, I need to go this way. That's that's my suggestion with that. There's not going to be a there's not going to be a single tutorial on the internet that is going to give you the perfect setup for your space and for your microphone because it's all going to be completely different from everybody else's. Well, and speaking about that, that brings up Voice Meter, our favorite program to hate. Um, oh my god! It, so Voice Meter, I'll, I'll put this massive caveat right in the beginning of my conversation with Voice Meter is Voice Meter is a program that you should use if you are very comfortable with poking around in your computer from a software perspective settings, and mm-hmm. and you don't have to use it. Like you do not. Let me make that clear. You don't need voice meter to do a podcast. I have found that voice meter makes it super easy for the way that we do our podcast um, because I pair it up with a couple other programs that let me completely customize everything that comes into my computer. I run a Windows computer um, and Windows has this really bad habit of not really being friendly to you misdirect or redirecting audio feeds uh, they kind of have their this is where it should go and that's kind of all you can do well there's a couple can programs interject real quick? yeah go for it for because not everybody will know what voice meter is yes um voice meter banana or voice meter potato is a software program that essentially takes a, a large soundboard, like an actual soundboard that people will use for recording artists and stuff like that and puts it in your computer so what that means, how the way a soundboard works, is that they're able to take different inputs and separate them out to where they're not all coming from the same location or going out the same location. So like a standard PC, if you're playing, say, Destiny on it and Spotify on it, it's all going to come through your headset or go through the speakers. Voice meter potato or banana can actually separate those out where you're like, hey, I don't want to listen to the game audio for some reason because I'm playing mute for some bad example. But if you don't want to listen to some sort of audio, you can actually cut that audio out and send it somewhere else or just completely put it mute or you can mix it to where it's going to go into a different area. It's kind of neat. It's like taking the wires from an old um, telephone board and connecting them to mm-hmm. different places. You're the sound master and you're maneuvering it around. It's really useful that when being you're said, it's really useful when you're doing like Skype calls and like mm-hmm. with for us at least, you know, we've had this conversation like we can be playing Destiny while recording the podcast and because we have voice meter, we can have full game audio to us, but it's not going to be recorded or it doesn't feed back mm-hmm. into the conversation that the VoIP program, which is voice over internet, um, 
that is going to be picking up. So like, it's, it's just, it's one of those things that like, once you get to a point where you're kind of comfortable with, you know, your audio, uh, your setup, at least, you know, and voice meter doesn't require a huge amount of resources from a computer's perspective. Um, it's actually mm-hmm. a pretty low resource program, which is one of the reasons I like it. It's also a hundred percent. Well, I think banana is a hundred percent free. I think potato is a free. It's yeah. Potato is free, but the um, additional cords or okay, the additional okay. cable. Yeah. They do suggest a donation right. because I mean, it is a freeware. Uh, I mean, I donated for it because we use it. I use it literally well. every day. Like, I, I use voice meter not just for podcasting. I've gotten so used to it that it's, you know, my personal computer. Um, so, like, I, I, do, I do really strongly suggest if you are up to the challenge they have some really good tutorial videos on their site for it, um, but I will say that I had to go through 10 or 15 videos because I was setting it up for a very specific purpose. And even then, even after that, we also I also had to jerry-rig a couple things, like just kind of, you know, again, it's it's trial and error. That's the thing that mm-hmm. ultimately comes down to is you just have to be, you have to be comfortable with being able to mess something up and just being like okay that didn't work undo it and you know come at it from a different direction and willing to go and learn from other people yes yeah and and chasing down youtube videos of how do i do this so here's a question for you we were talking about doing segments earlier do we want to actually take a quick radio break yes that's probably a good idea Mm -hmm. yeah we're going to talk about inputting mind breaks for your audience after this break i'm bob and i'm brad we're lifelong friends and the hosts of the film and whiskey podcast this is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey that's right every week we go in depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch bourbon and more because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor bob's a movie nerd Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network. So a neat teaching tool, guys. Something that I find actually applies really well to podcasts as well is the fact that the human brain can only absorb and only pay attention to a certain task or input for only so long before it starts to get bored and drift away. Children often only have about the amount of time that their age is, plus give or take five minutes, depending on the kid. Adults, eh, you, you're going to have like 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> Your for age a limit good, good minus adult. 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it really like if you're listening or watching like news segments, take your favorite TV show even, commercial breaks are actually good for not only advertisers, but it's actually good for the watcher because it can help not only build up anticipation for the next segment or the next part of the story, but it also gives your brain a chance to relax from what you were paying attention to and then come back later. So it's it's kind of a nice thing to throw in there so segments on ffc we've played with different lengths of segments i went a little over this time i think we've kind of settled down to doing about a 20 minute segment mm-hmm. before we take an ad break blue puts an ad in post and then 
we go back into our subject and people are a little bit more refreshed because they had something else that wasn't us just rambling on about a certain topic for a little while to listen to. But we were talking about software programs. We were talking about VoiceMeter Potato. VoiceMeter in general is a fairly difficult program to set up. Like Blue was saying, you really have to be comfortable with digging into your computer settings yeah. to to appreciate it, as well as not curse at it every three minutes. Um, I know I know. it took me two or three times to get VoiceMeter set up correctly. And I know for mm. a fact that the other person on this recording nearly lit a computer on fire out of frustration from one of those, yeah. for, from her oh first attempt. Like it, and it, that's, the first time I tried uh, to use it. It's just, that's... So bad. Yeah, it's and that's what I was going to say. It's like, you, you have, like, I have... I haven't bricked this computer yet, but, like, I'm just used to breaking things. Like, I actually, that's part of my job is I kind of stress test different programs and different program, like, flows of stuff. So, like, for me, it's just, that's just my normal day is, like, how, what can I do to make this thing, you know, go overboard and and shut down? Um, Mm -hmm. So, for me, that's not stressful. I know, like, my wife has freaked out because i'll be doing something on my computer and it's like blue screen and it's like she's like what just happened and it's like i did something and you know just roll it back and do it again so i recognize that there is an inherently different layer of comfortability when it comes to you know knowing where you can toe the line on a computer and actually doing that and then not knowing where to toe the line and how that can make you really nervous about that. And so that's, that's why I kind of, whenever I tell people about voice meter, I always, I always make sure this it's like, look, this is a, this is a really cool program. I absolutely love it, but it is a pain in the took us to get set up correctly. And you Mm -hmm. have to be patient with it. Like you, you, you just, you do, you have to be patient. And you have to be willing to, you know, kind of what we were saying at the beginning is just trial and error, trial and error. And just and, and the nice thing is, is once you get it, once you get it set up, usually by the time you get it set up, you're so comfortable with it that like, you know, if anything does go wrong, you know what the settings are to, to you know, reset back. Right. So you learn it right more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. It's a steep learning curve, but because it's a steep learning curve, you actually do learn it. Do we want to talk about the other freeware that we use primarily? Uh, yeah, real quick before we get to Audacity, I would give a plug in for Shea Volume, which is the other program I kind of mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, Shea Volume is, this is not a freeware. This is a program. It is a one-time license cost. I want to say when I bought it, it was like $25. Um, 100% worth it. Um, I absolutely love it. That is that is the program that fully opens up Windows operating systems from a from a uh, audio feed standard. Um, you can completely air quote hijack your audio feed within Windows to then tag team with uh, Voice Meter to really really diversify where you want your audio. Um, which goes into one of the other freeware programs that we use is Streamlabs OBS. That's because we live stream our shows. Um, so having complete control over all the audio channels allows me to then have like, you know, fun sound effects or anything like that on the stream. But for the podcast, they'll never, you guys will never hear those str- those effects in the podcast because I have it segregated out 
to where the live stream hears it and the live stream gets to you know have fun with the the you know face palms and all the crazy emotes that twitch offers whereas the podcast group you know the podcast consumer doesn't have to worry about that um but the wait 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 the emotes have sounds that you put with them some do uh the so like oh the the oh. E- sorry the chat emotes do not have sound the uh okay. the um uh, what the notifications alerts. yeah the alerts and notifications yeah. have sounds yeah sorry okay um no that's fine i was just sorry about to be i like, i'm like i i've never experienced that. yeah yeah surprise that's how good i am at mm-hmm. segregated i just went into green's computer and completely turned it off um but actually speaking Basically. speaking about freeware that green is really good with um audacity is mm-hmm. i i I can't speak highly enough, and I know that I barely scratched the surface of what Audacity can do. Audacity is a program that's been around for quite a while. Like I, I used Audacity in college over ten years ago. It's been around a long, long time. But it is—it's a software capture program, or not software capture, a audio capture program, similar to like GarageBand, but. Unlike GarageBand, where it has it has a lot of toggles, but it also has a lot of safeties in it, I would say Audacity is like the Windows version versus the Mac version. So the Mac version would be like GarageBand, where there's a lot of safeties built in where you can't mess something up too bad. Whereas Audacity, you can play with everything in so many different ways and change your audio up and change layers up. That being said, it can be stress test to the point where it's not going to like you for a little while. Um, I found that out the other day. You cannot import audio into the program while playing audio on the program. It does not like it. But uh, few tips for voice or not voice meter for audacity itself. Blue mentioned the idea of a project rate when you come to like the hertz of how the depth of the recording essentially Project rate, the higher you can go, generally, rule of thumb, the cleaner sounds you're going to get. You're going to get more depth of audio. You're going to get bassier basses and higher trebles. Most podcast and most verbal communication, the highest you would need to go is 4,800 hertz or 48,000 hertz. That's 4,800, 48,000 hertz. That is not standard on Audacity. They, I believe they started off at... What is the I normal I think it's rate? like 44. It's like 32. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. Is it at 44? Yeah, it's pretty low. They don't, it does put a harder tax on the program itself to record at the 48,000, but it, PCs are going to be able to handle it nowadays. Back in the day, it would not handle it well. Beyond that, you, with Audacity, you can, you can manipulate the pitch of what somebody's saying you can actually fade in and out you can take out all the blank spaces in it it's a really hands-on tool that being said i do know there are programs out there i do not remember it at the moment um hyper syntax from video game crosstalk uses a program that he pays for that does all the show editing for him is that the so he, that's the online one too right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it will strip the audio from it and automatically create an MP3 for him, and it'll condense things. It will it will do all sorts of things for him. With what Blue and I do, we record tracks separately on each of our computers. 
and then I send my file over to Blue, and Blue will layer the track on top of each other. And we record in stereo, which I think sounds a little bit better. I know a lot of people are like, eh, it doesn't really matter. You're you're speaking into a single mic. You don't necessarily have left ear, right ear stuff going on. Personally, I like stereo. That's just me. But once he layers those tracks in together, they'll go on top of each other, and he'll have to line them up a little bit. We always do a countdown at the beginning of the show before I start recording or before he starts recording where I count us down three, two, one, click. We click at the same time. It's probably a little bit off because of sound delay, but it's always fairly close and Blue's able to line it up and take out things. And sometimes in the background, you may have heard me in the past when I've not been able to mute puppies, puppies in the background barking or spouses coming up and talking or some thunderstorm. There's lots of different things that oh my gosh mike yeah i have the machine gun keyboard out right now um lots of sounds can pop up while you're recording while your co-host is talking that you don't want to show up audacity allows you to not only do a basic noise reduction taking a silent point in your file sampling it within the program and then going through the entire audio track and stripping those frequencies Mm -hmm. It'll cut out a lot of fan noise. It'll cut out, um, it won't cut out all fan noise. If you have a fan blowing directly on your mic or something vibrating on your table, it's going to have a harder time cutting that out. So still it's really important to kind of reduce the amount of sounds around you in the ambient area as much as possible. But Audacity can pull out a lot. Yeah, uh, the noise reduction effect on Audacity is actually... It's pretty good. Like, I mean, ignoring the fact that it's on a freeware program on top of that, like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, beyond the noise reduction, it also can do, it can condense your audio. It can also, if you want to have a bassier sounding voice or a more fool sounding voice, I think that is the way that I had watched an audio tutorial on YouTube and the guy was like, if you want to sound more manly, <laughs> you can use equalization. It's another tool. Um, uh, limiter and normalizing is the one that I used quite a bit mm-hmm. because yeah, you know normalizing is super important. Yeah, because like everyone, you're you're natural. Like when we when you talk just naturally, you're going to go up and down and you know all that. And so if you can normalize it, so what I would always do is I limit it. I knock off. Like I make my like as the primary audio, I put mine at a lower volume because mine always tends to be higher. Like I don't, I I'm sure there's a reason for that, but like, um, because of the type of mic you're using, is it okay? Yeah, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I've just I've gotten it so that I have a chain, what's called a chain in Audacity, where I basically just click it and it does all this stuff and it takes forever. So I just usually you know set it up and go in the morning and by the time i get done with work at you know because i work from home now um it's all done like i'm like whatever but so like i'll I'll compress it then i limit it and then i normalize it and it's by the time i get done with those three things that's the i mean it it's really decent Mm -hmm. um that actually makes makes me remember hardware for for me is headphones um i completely forgot Mm -hmm. headphones um I I really liked I used to have uh Astro A40s um 
my only problem, like they were super comfortable and I absolutely love them. My only problem with them is that they have really bad noise leakage. So when I'm talking in a mic, if someone else is talking, you can actually hear them talking in my mic. And it's really annoying to me because I have to edit that and listen to it all the time. Um, and so like, it's really, that's, well, that's one of the reasons I think I got, uh, like a, a lower end version of the sign. It's a Seinhauser headset that I have right now. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, really honestly, earbuds, I know a lot of people play and stream with earbuds. You can do earbuds. I know, um, aftershocks, I do Bose earbuds whenever I record, mm-hmm. I did, I used to do, I, I tried out the aftershocks. Those are really good. Um, I just can't do two three hours of aftershocks vibration against my head (laughs) it gets a little headachey that's a that's a pretty niche one um i use hyperx for a lot of recording when i'm going through things when i'm streaming with blue and we're doing the live show i'll wear my bose uh earbuds because bose still has a really really high quality but honestly if you have a the decent quality headphones that you like whether it's doesn't even have to be like a hundred dollar oh yeah they're gonna work fine the only reason i splurged with the Seinhausers is because of the editing actually mm-hmm. because i can amp up yeah. the audio and i can actually you know pick up things that i can't pick up with normal headphones with these mm-hmm. but like short of that i mean like i said i used to do all of it from astros a40s um before that i did it all with just earbuds just you know i have the free version of the samsung earbuds that came with my phone and honestly those are those are some of the best i love them i man i love those Those earbuds i don't i I fight fight for those those things are amazing they're comfy so Mm -hmm. but yeah actually talking about Uh, audacity made me i was like i never even said my the headphones yeah i do want to actually at some point i know it's probably going to be a little bit much to do tonight but at some point i want to talk through and walk through audacity setups all the way through like how Definitely. how to do that because i know it's it's not a user-friendly program so it is more user-friendly than voice meter it is way more friendly than <laughs> voice meter because you're not going to absolutely f up everything on your computer by using audacity it's all contained doesn't touch anything else unlike voice meter which likes to play with things and hide things it is a mean auntie who is going to come after you but uh i do want to do an audacity recording at some point where we kind of break down some of the different things that audacity can do and I know it's a little harder on a verbal podcast oh, yeah. to understand and I mean, I exactly think, what we're talking about. And it's so about. funny because like, I remember, I think I was talking to you actually, because you, you've actually taken classes on Audacity. I have learned mm-hmm. every, like, that's the other thing with like podcasting stuff. It's like everything that we do with Focus Fire from like the, the setup and stuff, I've taught myself. Like I have mm-hmm. no formal training or formal education in public speaking and recording or anything like that i've just you know just trial and error and that kind of i know it's kind of the the dead horse that it feels like we're going to kick a lot but you know that's really honestly that's the thing is like you just gotta just gotta try it try it out and if it works awesome keep doing it that way if it doesn't work yep cool try something different (laughs) yep 
all worth it in the end. And I think that's something that we're going to get into in the advanced episode when it comes to some of the questions. I think we had some questions about like how do you how do you adapt on the fly? Oh, God. I think we had somebody in a particular situation who messaged us and was like how do you capture somebody else's audio when you accidentally break? Oh, I mean, yeah. Taylor's question. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one will have to do with blue setup in particular because I can't do that. I, I don't have the programs, nor do I have the time or the patience to set up something like that. But what blue is able to do on his end when it comes to capturing guest audio, because typically... On most podcasts, you're going to have guests record their own audio and mm-hmm. send it in. Mm-hmm. That is a standard practice across many, many podcasts. There are some apps out there, like the one that I mentioned with uh, Video Game Crosstalk that Hypersyntax uses. He had me just basically dial into a program similar to Zoom, mm-hmm. and it recorded all online, and I didn't have to do anything. But the... I tried one of the those. Way that, it did not work. Yeah, it it's iffy. It's always iffy. I, what was the name of the bot in Discord uh, that would record podcasts? Craig I've done an episode bot? with somebody doing that to Craigbot. Maybe I think that's that's one of them. I know that's one of yeah. them. Yeah, I haven't. Tr- I don't think I've tried that one. But I, I yeah, there's there's I, Discord bots that'll do it too. And I'm just I don't know. I've always I've always had bad luck when I do stuff like that. Yeah. I the episode that I was on where we used it, it decided to shut off partway through. Oh, no. So, um, I think the biggest lesson, and that's the other thing, you're going to continually learn lessons, and you're going <laughs> to continually get forced lessons down your throat while you're doing. It doesn't this. matter if you want to learn them or not. <laughs> yeah, um, the more you, it's making podcasting sounds so joyous, but. Uh, well, and I think you'll, you'll figure things out. I think out. that's, but that's, that's also kind of the thing is like, you know, I've always approached like with Focus Fire, you know, the lore network, whatever. We've always, <clears throat> I've always approached it as like, this isn't, you know, I didn't get into this to make money or whatever. It's, it's because I wanted to, you know, have an excuse to sit down with people that I enjoy being with and talk about something that I love. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so for me, all this, you know, side noise really is worth it because it makes it so much cooler when we finally do get everything to come together it's just Mm -hmm. you know that much better so also side note we don't make money doing this don't think that we make money (laughs) doing this um this is all volunteer work yeah well but i mean but that's the money we do get from this show goes right back into it goes right back into it um and i think that's that's the thing too is like the the passion having a passion for it you know for doing the podcast is really is really big and that's that'll be something i know i'll talk about like with the challenges especially um because sometimes i mean you're gonna go that's the that's the thing is like you're going to go through ups and downs i mean that's just nature of the beast um so you want to have either whether it's you know your co-host or your your community or the subject itself that you that you can pull through and keep you know keep slugging through when those downtimes happen from a from a creative standpoint is really really big for for that um but i know that will be that will be something i i will definitely touch on in the advanced session yep 
I think that's a good place for us to kind of start wrapping things up. Any last thoughts on like set up our basic kind of like tips and tricks on how to get things going Um, and our experiences and how we got things going with our show? You can do a lot for free. You just have to be willing Mm -hmm. to you just have to be willing to put in a little bit extra elbow grease to get it done. I am constantly surprised with how many freeware versions of very popular softwares are out there that the only major difference is I have to go through a couple extra steps to get the same product to, to get the same result. Um, you know, whether it's audacity, whether it's GIMP, um, whether it's Streamlabs, OBS, you know, or OBS in general, um, you know, there's very few things when it comes to streaming, when it comes to podcasting that really honestly require money. Uh, you just have to, again, you just have to be willing to fall on your face a couple times because sometimes you just have to be, you have to try something and just see if it works. Um, but if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to kind of take that chance and, you know, do the trial and error piece, you can do really well with streaming. You can do really well with podcasts, especially. And honestly, it, it's not going to break the bank to do it. Um, you just, you just have to be smart you have to be smart about it and, you know, plan it out. But it's not, it's not something that you have to be like, oh, I'm going to drop, you know, thousand dollars to get this thing started absolutely not like you can there's a few things that you have to have like a computer like a decent computer maybe um i think even today now that's debatable um but like you know you'll have to have like a hosting site that that will cost some money but they're even you know as again today it's not super expensive um Mm -hmm. it's just it's to me it's it's a very it's impressive how low cost or how low the entry cost is to podcasting. It's not money that keeps people from podcasting. What keeps people from podcasting is the fact that most podcasts will not survive longer than a month or two because a lot of people, and that's kind of where we're coming from for this episode is a lot of people just look at it and they're like, Oh, well you just get together and talk. And it's like, that is that is a large portion of it. Yes, you you do do mm-hmm. that. That is a very large portion of the process. But that's not the only parts of the process. And so, you know, being forewarned about, you know, editing components and all this other stuff, planning planning, components. yeah. I mean, and that's and that's where, you know, things like the Lore Network, you know, and Focus Fire, we've kind of tried to help with other content creators. That's where the networking really helps. Because then you can lean on other people to have them help you. Like, you know, tips and tricks from other people are invaluable. Like it, it, it's in, and because there's like, you know, there's things that I do within voice meter, within audacity that will cut corners that are just, they, they, I mean, they will cut hours off my process. And if you're doing it by the book, you don't know that those exist. You know, GIMP is the same thing. Like I have gotten to the point where I know GIMP like the back of my hand to do the things that I need it to do, I can knock out the artwork that we need for our banners very quickly. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm an expert at GIMP because I'm nowhere close to being an expert at GIMP, but like for my components, I know what I need to do with that. Um and I'm always I'm always surprised because people 
will be like, oh, well, it's too difficult. And it's like, well, just try this. Like, you know, finding finding a network to support is very, very important, regardless of the creative outlet that you're that you're mm-hmm. looking at. Working in a team also helps mm-hmm. take some of that pressure off. I know Blue does a lot of the heavy lifting for FFC for a lot of aspects of it. Um, he does a lot of like he does all the editing. He does uh, put he uploads it to Podbean and puts it out on the hosting site and everything. And there's the art he mentioned. There's a lot of things that he does on his end. And I, another thing I think that is something we've not mentioned, but I still think is probably just as important as anything else that we've talked about so far is the fact that you're going to be good at certain things. Your co-host is going to be good at certain things. They may not overlap. And that's actually better for the show. Mm -hmm. Something that I do better than Jay does, he mentioned, is I'm a little bit more of a social butterfly than he is. So I'm I'm the one who goes out and finds guests for us. I, I make those connections. I do a lot of the guest setup, pulling them in, and then show notes we kind of tag team on. We both like to do show notes. We do them slightly differently. <laughs> I'm a little bit more... I, sh- I write show notes like a teacher, which means they're cliff notes. Jay writes dissertations. <laughs> we had an 11-page long show note last week. I just wanted to make sure we didn't forget anything. <laughs> but the fun thing is, is that we know each other's style well enough that we can adapt on the fly. And something else that I think has been kind of interesting is that Blue doesn't do this as much because Blue's a very, once he has his notes in front of him, he follows them. Mm-hmm. But I will move things around during the show if we touch on topics that we've already, like, if we've already touched on topics, but it's actually later in the show, I'll delete that. Or I will move things around to where the show fits together a little bit. So I will edit on the fly while we're recording if we have a guest on there to make the show flow a little bit more conducively. So different strengths, different... Everybody's got their own little things that they're good at. And that's something to keep in mind is that don't force your co-host who is hates, absolutely hates to do something, to do something that they're, they don't can't do very well and don't like to do figure out what works for the both of you or three of you or solo if you're solo you're just sol but you just got to do it just get the other personalities in your head to come out and there you go there you go just get in touch with your softer side no but i think knowing knowing your strengths and kind of playing up to your strengths is an important thing and knowing your co-host well enough to trust them for certain things is also big yep so as 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 has become the usual i am going to read this off a script and thank you for your time and until next time remember with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring yay with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well so until next time focus your fire and may your light shine bright 
Welcome to the eighth behind-the-scenes episode of Focus Fire Chat, recorded on August 18th, 2020. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the other co-host whose wife is apparently very worried about her all of a sudden. Green Eye Music Lover. Let's start that whole thing over again. I just got a random text asking I love, me, I love you how okay? you're like... I was like, I didn't think I threw that big of a curveball. Nope. Nope. Julie was just messaging me. Let me. God. Nice thing about doing this off air. Here, this is one for the bloopers. Uh, just dot dot. I'm gonna dot, dot, label dot. this false start. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Okay, <laughs> shall we? God. Uh. Uh. <clears throat> You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.